Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, today we have a lot to talk about. In fact, I think I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> okay, so apparently Venom reviews are out and they have a rotten score of 28%. Before you all go saying Rotten Tomatoes gave this score to them because they hate the movie, no. Rotten Tomatoes just gathers reviews. So they just go out and see that, for example, there were like five good reviews and 10 bad reviews so then they of course they tell that all right the uh, amount that this movie is gonna have is like well 30 percent or so so like out of 15 only five of them were like did i say 10 of them were good or bad i forget if they were good if they were 10 good five bad this means 60 percent if the other way around 30 percent 33 66 something like that so this basically means that they just gather reviews. They don't score a movie. So when people say like, why did you score Last, Last Jedi 90% and Infinity War less? Well, let me tell you something. I actually think that Infinity War sucked. Not completely, but it wasn't what I expected. Well, why? First of all, why were the Black Order so freaking weak? They were so weak, except that. They were nothing. They were even worse than Chitauri, for fuck's sake. So, yeah, I think that deserves a big dislike to the movie. And then, of course, I loved Thanos. His backstory is way better than enticing the death. And uh, there were some problems, like, why the hell would everybody else be wiped out and not the original Avengers? <laughs> this is kind of a, you know, cheeky kind of luck that they want to make you remember there there's a lot of things actually that you can love about this movie and there's a lot of things you can hate about this movie like the stupid jokes that came into the movie left and right that kind of broke the tension sometimes and well i hated how uh bruce banner was put in the movie i'm not actually going to debate uh, the movie itself considering how they did change some parts of the movie especially for the hulk we're not going to debate all of that. However, today we're going to talk about Venom. Why the hell did Venom get 28%? This means that basically uh, only one-third of all of the reviews so far have been positive. The rest of them have been terrible. But why? Well, the Venom movie is, is a mess. Reason being that Sony just wants to play coy and not give away what was happening behind the scenes. This seems to be a terrible trope that's been happening with so many studios nowadays. This is not a good thing, by the way. I don't know why this keeps happening every time. Sony is one of those uh, companies that I actually love because of, well, their games and their consoles, everything. But when it comes to movies, they suck. They don't know what to do. They tamper too much. One of the biggest reasons that Amazing Spider-Man 2 failed and basically the whole Spider-Man universe failed was because they just kept changing things. Why would you do that? What's wrong with you people? They changed a lot. They changed a lot about the villain, about the story, backstories, and this is bad. This has been said a lot of times that there was a lot of studio tampering with the movie. But then... I remember that Venom also went through something like this. For a big time, they kept saying that we were going to do Venom right, R-rated. 
This was said very, very explicitly in the Brazil Comic Con. They said that. They did. And then... Now they're saying that, no, we never said that. We always wanted to be PG-13, but that's a lie. That's a blatant lie. They didn't want to push the envelope for PG-13. They wanted it to be R-rated. Sony, however, didn't want the movie to be R-rated. Now we know why. The reason that this wasn't going to be R-rated was because the movie sucked. But did it actually suck? Or, well, was it tampering? Well, first things first, the movie was a little bit different. I'm not going to say a lot. I have seen the movie. I know how the movie goes, all of this. And it baffled me when I watched it because a lot of characters weren't even in the movie. I'm surprised they actually kept She-Venom. And sorry, spoilers. But obviously, if you're listening to this, you did (laughs) want to hear some spoilers. So I didn't know that She-Venom was going to be there. There were hints about her anyway. Everybody should have guessed. But... I didn't expect the rest of the characters not to come, and that was kind of weird. There were other characters, I did say this at one point, that not only did Cassidy have a little more of a cameo appearance, aside from, you know, being at the end credit scene, he was also supposed to be in um, other parts of the movie. Basically, he's the, uh, Eddie is the reason he's in jail. We know that. And in the post credit scene, you actually, actually see... Eddie going to talk to Cassidy. So, well, this is this is weird, right? I mean, they changed this part. They really changed it. And then he goes on to say, there will be carnage. Okay, dude, okay, chill. <laughs> so, then there were other characters. Believe me, they were a lot. The woman that you see in the Malaysian uh, marketplace where she suddenly kills a lot of people... Where she's actually being controlled by Riot. You, it, believe it or not, she was supposed to be one of the agents for Life Foundation. In fact, the whole story of why it took Riot six months, six months to go to that, uh, go to America, was actually a sub story. It was supposed to be explained. One of the big reasons that it didn't get explained was that people thought, basically, Sony thought that it was boring. Well, how did it go? I'll tell you. If you remember in the movie, Venom does, you know, just eat away the organs of his host. That's something that does happen. However, Riot is much, much more crazier than Venom. So he kept basically just sucking these organs out of the body of everyone. So he needed to hop from host to host and he didn't get enough time. And he does actually try to go to one of those planes, he tries that many times. It was supposed to be a side gag. You could see that, you know, this host doesn't talk, he doesn't know what to do, and doesn't have any concept of money, uh, passport, anything like that. So that's that's what happened. It would have been a long explanation of how dumb this symbiote is in terms of living a human life. But, of course, it slowed up the movie a little bit, so they thought, well, we should just cut it. I think it couldn't be handled a little bit better. Like, like two scenes involving this thing. So that they actually have an idea of why is it so difficult for Riot to get to America. So, that's one of the things. And of course, there were other symbiotes that unfortunately didn't get to appear in the movie. And I'm, I'm really weirded out. Like, why did this happen? They changed it. 
so this is not going to turn into a Snyder Cut, by the way. There is not going to be an R-rated cut. Sony is denying it left and right, saying, no, there is no R-rated cut. They're lying. I told you. There were two versions of the movie. One, PG-13, that had no blood, but was the same as the R-rated. And two, the R-rated movie. So, if Sony, if Sony wanted this to be PG-13 from the get-go, they would have said it from the get-go. They would not have been so calm not talking about it and just, you know, denying it and then suddenly saying, we always wanted it to be PG-13. What are you talking about? They think people are dumb. And people, some people are actually taking the word because they have no reference. They're all like, okay, so we were wrong. But you were not wrong. Movie was supposed to be R-rated. Granted, the story of the movie is not that good to begin with. I assure you, there is no better cut of the movie that improves this shit show of a story. The story did suck ass. And that's not, a, that's not something that you can deny. Why did it suck ass? It was basically because, well, they focused too much on Venom's appearance and his powers that they kind of forgot that they had to do some other shit. So, that, that sucked. And some other things that they changed is where the hell was Tom Holland? Damn it! I did want to see him. I mean, this is another problem. I, I told you guys, I actually played Koi giving info on this. Did Also, my friend did as well. But... Tom Holland was in the movie as Peter Parker. And when Eddie gets fired, we actually see Tom as a reporter for Daily Bugle. Shit. Right? Right? Yeah. Big shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a big kick in the nuts. They changed that part too. Why would they do that? I don't know. Anywho... A uh, Venom movie is a movie that's, um, I'd probably say if you're a Venom fan or Spider-Man fan, it's a movie to give it a chance to watch it once. Given the f- state of the movie now, it's, it's not really worth, you know, watching it a second time. It's definitely not. And it actually sucks. That pains me to say that. But, thank you, Sony. You guys ruined another movie. That's not the first time you guys did this. That's not the second time. It's multiple times. Ghostbusters as well. (sighs) I don't get it. I mean, people who are saying give it to Marvel, Marvel's not going to do shit with this franchise because it's Venom. Sure, Venom did have a very good... um, run in the Spider-Man animated series ones where he actually had eyes and was red and blue for some reason. He did have a good run, but he was still violent. What Carnage also was violent. But we didn't need blood. You, you're right, because it was a cartoon. But it was handled right. This one, so many things of the movie are not handled correctly. So, no, this excuse will not fly with Sony. Now... Uh, Venom movie, as we did not predict, nobody predicted, is terrible. But it is going to sell well. It's good action scenes and things like that are going to go in its favor. Now, another thing. People are thinking Bumblebee, the movie, will be the best movie Transformers has ever had. 
Now, let me give you some update on that movie. The movie, you are right, it's going to be the best one. But why? Because it's basically fan service. It's a love letter to every Transformers fan out there, which means you're going to see a lot of the battles of, for Cybertron. Now, there were some rumors that the movie is a reboot for the whole series and that the, some said that, no, this is a prologue to the originals. Well, let me tell you. As it stands now, they do want to reboot this whole series. However, seeing that Bumblebee is going to be something that they did not expect, and this is something they really didn't expect, they are actually thinking of making this the reboot. Why and how? Well, first of all, when Hasbro greenlit the Bumblebee movie, it was basically because they said, okay, let's give people some fan service. They were, you know, happy to do that. But... When the director actually directed the movie and he shot the movie completely, they had no idea how the movie was going to look. They knew the story, but they didn't have any idea on how the movie was going to look in terms of design. And they thought that, oh no, we're just going to go with connecting the Fallen Knights with this one. Oh shit, the last night, sorry. They're going to connect it and they were like, no, shit, don't do that. So when they saw the pre preliminary... Uh, visual effects, they were blown away. They did not expect the G1 design of Transformers to come out. They were seriously shocked, and they loved it. As you could see, we were also shocked. Now, is the movie any good? Let me tell you, the Cybertron portions of the movie is fascinating. It's one of a kind. The design of the robots are one of a kind. You actually can tell Who's fighting? Who? That's a big bonus. But, there's a big but. The human story. I actually like Haley Steinfeld. She's really good in the role. And the relationship between her and Bumblebee, again, is really, really good. You would love both of them. You actually love Bumblebee as a cute character. So, he's like acting like a nice pet. That's not a bad thing, by the way. I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, like, you know, he cares about... Uh, his partner, an owner partner. But John Cena, even though he's not bad a villain, it doesn't really mesh up with the story. So there's two things that are happening in the movie. One, Cybertron War, which is definitely the highlight of the movie and will be. Two, again with the human story that never was any good to begin with. However, of course, the fights Bumblebee has are amazing. So... What's my takeaway for this footage and basically everything else? I think that the movie's gonna be the most successful Transformers movie in terms of critical um, evaluation and score. That's saying a lot, but that means, well, is it gonna be upwards of 90, 80, 70? I'll say 75. That's a good thing. Every Transformers movie after the first one had a low score of 20. 70, 75 actually, is a big step for this movie. I'm happy. And, well, now this was the thing. Hasbro's thinking that if people actually respond well to these trailers, which they already did, how about if they just reboot it and forget every single continuity that was established in the first five movies? Just ignore them. Just make it new. And it already looks like new. 
I mean, they cannot go reboot the movie with new voice actors. That would be dumb. They already have the best ones in the job. So, this is what's going to happen, as far as I'm concerned. They are going to release some promotional material into the upcoming weeks. Now, cutting the movie to basically remove those references to other movies is not going to be a tough job for Hasbro at all. Basically, those are a few scenes that do mention this is a prologue to the other movies. Otherwise, this is a completely standalone movie. But how is it going to affect everything else? Well, <laughs> this is a big surprise I'm spoiling here, but I have no choice. As it stands right now, the movie is on the path of a reboot, and this being the start of that reboot. But in order to actually show this is a reboot, it means that Megatron has to be in the Cybertron War. So, how is that gonna happen? <laughs> well, believe it or not, they actually have a design for him. The basically gun design for Megatron is gonna appear. He's gonna be in that same design. And believe it or not, the original, the OG voice actor for Megatron is coming back. He has already recorded some lines and his role is not that big to begin with. He has a very um, short role, like maybe 30 seconds cameo and that's only because, well, they still don't know if they want to reboot this or not. If they reboot it, you are going to see Megatron in all his glory, in his basically OG form. He's going to be like this. Megatron. That's the great news, by the way. However, as it stands now, I have not seen the completed design. I have seen only concept art of this Megatron. He looks really good, but so far right now, he's a gray model just standing there. <laughs> it's not that big a deal right now, so they haven't yet finished the design. And I know it's not a long time before this movie has to come out, but still, come on. They actually wanted him in the movie so if you want this to be a reboot you have to have a very positive reaction to every single promotional material that comes out otherwise if they sense that you know this is going to be another failure they don't want to start the reboot off with a terrible movie so maybe they won't it's completely up to us to have good reactions or bad reactions of course it's better to have honest reactions don't have like terrible reactions on the get-go or bad reactions on the get-go for no reason, just give it a chance. Let's see what they offer. So far, it's been really good, and people are happy. Yay! So, all right, so that's it for Bumblebee the movie front, and I'm actually very excited for this movie, seeing the Cybertron Wars. There have been some clips that I've been watching. I'm not going to spoil anything here, but let's just say that, holy shit, it's amazing. It's seriously good. And for those thinking that um, some characters uh, in the trailer that you saw are going to be the lieutenants or the commanders of Decepticons, that is not true. <laughs> in fact, there are some big surprises down the line you have not seen yet. And I don't think you're going to see it in the trailers unless Asbro wants you to. But yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I'm not going to spoil it. 
If Ice World Megatron was because simply you'll know what's going to happen. Otherwise, everything else are actual spoilers. Megatron is not definitely a spoiler here because he may not actually even appear in the movie anyways. And by the way, Megatron being in the Cybertron negates the whole continuity. However, for those thinking that, well, if Cybertron is still going, maybe this means that, well, Megatron has not yet gone after the cube and he looks in his original form. Well, kudos to you guys for thinking that, but the problem is that everybody else is looking like the G1 form. Which, honestly, I think it doesn't make any sense. Why would somebody look like a cassette player when they have no idea what a cassette player looks like? I'm not going to debate that right here. It's a fan service movie. Just go with that. So, now we come up to Fox and their, holy crap, terrible lineup of movies. As it stands right now, Gambit still has a release date for some reason, has no director, has no story, has nothing, except for the actor, and it's going to be a romantic comedy. Let that sink in. Romantic comedy. Isn't that neat? Huh. I'm not actually going to debate that. I mean, it's Fox. But, anywho, uh, people are wondering why did everything got delayed, I actually heard that Attila's movie is uh, not that good. They are delaying that movie and consequently everything else in their lineup because, you know, well, they have to because they've been holding those uh, release dates and apparently they like those release dates for some reason. So they think Attila needs a little bit more work to actually be good. Given the movie is basically visual effects heavy, and it's basically just visual effects, they have that chance to kind of change it, but it's going to take a long time. Think of it as Justice League fiasco, one more time. No way. So, they're going to change it, and they're going to make it apparently better. It's, a, it's not exactly a good move, to be honest. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really happy about it. Like, why? However... There's another reason as well. Given the fact that Fox is going to be buying, sorry, is going to be bought out by Disney, they don't want some of their franchises to go to waste, one of them being Deadpool. Deadpool is an R-rated character, and Disney is not going to have that. Disney is going to just chop him away. Fox releasing this PG-13 versions of Deadpool and Deadpool 2, aside from wanting more money, is to show Disney that he can work in a PG-13 environment. So, you are going to see a PG-13 version, it means that less blood, and basically every bad word that Deadpool says is going to be bleeped out. In fact, he's going to have a reaction to that. There are actually a few added scenes where he wants to curse and he keeps saying them and he keeps bleeped out, and then he just loses it and he just, just keeps saying it for about a minute to, you know, have that reaction to the fourth wall. Like saying, why are you doing this, Fox? And he just threatens them out. And actually calls out Disney for that. So that's a that's a joke that I'm not sure it's going to make it into a movie. It's like the previous joke in Deadpool 2 that did not make it into a movie because it was too on the nose for Disney. So it's basically just to show Disney that, yeah, this movie can work. When it comes to Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix has a much more complicated status. 
A long time ago, the movie's plot was leaked entirely by some guy on Twitter who saw the movie. This was, however, so there was another guy who just said that, no, this is not true. That is completely false. We deny that. But it was wrong. Thanks to the leaked trailer for the Russian version, we did see that basically everything he said in these tweets are happening. <laughs> Go figure. So then the next thing came. And we were like, holy shit, what the hell is that? The trailer itself, and many people thought that why does this look so much like The Last Stand? Because, because, the original Dark Phoenix story from the comics, even the animation, is nothing close to this movie. He's, she's a cosmic being. I don't understand it. She being in space and just getting hit by some things to get her powers is not Dark Phoenix. He's more like Fantastic Four. And... God, nobody wants to see that happen again. So, yeesh. The movie has been going under some reshoots, and given the extra time that it has because of Attila and Deadpool, Dark Phoenix is gonna basically just, you know, have a big change right now. As it stands, they have the actors, and they want to keep them for a long time. They, in fact, want to change a big portion of the movie. Dark Phoenix has been delayed a long time, a lot of times actually. It, it actually had the chance to change the movie completely, but they didn't. They just said, well, we didn't have time. We had to put, put it off to bring those guys back. Why? Because of the third act. Third act sucked. Third act, apparently to this guy, is uh, the invasion of some aliens who also are not scrolls, which is weird. They just don't have a name. They have no name. And because the visual effects were unfinished, they didn't have a face either. But they did have shape-shifting powers, which means scrolls, they're attacking, and Phoenix just goes into space, explodes herself, and la-di-da-di-da. So the big third act battle is no battle. <sighs> Fox, really? And Simon Kimberg, of all people, somebody who I actually thought he had the passion to make the right X-Men movie. Jesus, he does not. Anywho, Dark Phoenix is going under some big changes. So don't have hopes for this movie. I don't. I think this movie is going to suck. And unless you actually show me something exciting, I am going to go against this movie all the way. Uh, there goes that. Now let's talk about some video games. Assassin's Creed Odyssey has been released a little bit early for gold um, gold edition game holders. So they have it early. Trophy Hunters actually had this game for a long time now. They had it for about a week. Reviewers, about the same thing. So how did it stack up? Apparently the game is kind of a big, you know, polarizing thing between critics and fans. I did not expect to see that. I expect to see both of them being negative. The critics love the game. They're calling it the best Assassin's Creed yet. They gave it an 86 score. And this is not like Rotten Tomatoes. This means the game actually had good scores. It's a good game. But they actually keep saying that the game has nine multiple endings. Seriously? The game has no relationship to the previous Assassin's Creed games. In fact, one of the reviewers just wrote... Forget about the Animus, scrap it, and just ignore it ever existed. Wow, 
Good job, reviewer. You just want to destroy the whole Assassin's Creed lore. Not bad. Then they say the modern day era story is as shit as ever. That's to be expected. They actually, I actually think they forgot what they were doing. I even read the comics and it just sucks. And do they actually expect people to read those comics? Seriously? I'm not gonna. So, um, they say the gameplay is very varied, it's very big, it's very nice. A lot of things that make changes, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line, they never say one thing that makes me convinced this is an Assassin's Creed game. Nobody even mentions in the review if the parkour has changed. That is bad. Nobody mentions that. Not even one reviewer comes out to say that, well, these are the parkour things. They have gotten much better. In fact, they don't say anything about them. I didn't hear one reviewer talk about it. Does that concern me? Hell yeah. Why would nobody talk about this? Because they know this is not an Assassin's Creed game. They probably have gotten something, like, I don't know, email from Ubisoft that don't judge this game like an Assassin's Creed game. Judge it because it's a game. Okay. All right. So, the game apparently, to these guys, is fun. It's not bad. It's good, as they call it. But... Does it mean that it's actually that good? Can we actually believe them on this? Or they're just basically saying it? Like, you know, they always do. We remember there were many games that reviewers just said they were good, but we thought they were terrible. And there were also some other instances that we thought the game was good, the critics thought the game was bad. This happens all the time. This is not something that, well, it's like... You know, never ever happens. So, what do we think of this? The game right now has 85%, 85, sorry, 85 out of 100 score. However, user score, 6.7. It's not a good thing. I'm not on board with this kind of score. So, why does it have such a low score? I don't know what to say. I have no idea what to say. I'm just confused. Baffled. Jesus. Why does this game have such a low score? 6.7? That's like hate. Spreading out. So nobody's even talking about it, by the way. That's a clever move by the various media outlets. They're not talking about it. However, there's something to be taken away the game has not yet been released to the public that much for it to actually have this kind of score, 6.7. It means that mostly Metacritic has this problem where it allows people to write reviews even before the game comes out, or as soon as the game comes out, which is not a fair thing to do. Granted, some games do get leaked with physical discs much earlier than other games, and given this status for the game, it is actually possible if everybody was already playing it, and I did see a lot of videos on YouTube playing it, that can actually be possible. But for it to be this many reviews, this means that many people have played it and I have no idea. So, the game seems to have so much negative reviews about it when it comes to user score. They gave it like 6.7, 6, I even saw 5 on the Xbox, being, you know, Metacritic Xbox being 5 as a score. That's really low. But 
This baffles me. Like, why would they give it such terrible score? Is it really, really that bad? I mean, it is Ubisoft, so it is to be expected. But my gripe with this game was that it's not Assassin's Creed, and I'm, and I'm right. You can actually check the game itself. No, nobody talks about this being an Assassin's Creed game. They just keep saying that, well, very fun game, very good RPG-style game. But this is the big problem. Not only are you not rating this game as an RPG, which definitely should be, or even action RPG. If this is a game where characters can die, or it has nine different endings, this means that the game is RPG. Now, if it's not a full-fledged RPG, then it's an action RPG. So why the hell are you not rating it as an action RPG? Most people are just writing it off as action-adventure. This is creepy. So what's happening? Does this mean that Ubisoft paid off every single reviewer out there? I have a hard time believing that. But I have another idea. And that would be that Ubisoft did give them some incentive. Maybe not money exactly, but something. It doesn't make sense for not even 1%, not even 1% being critical about this game saying that this is not an Assassin's Creed game. What are you giving us? If you want this to be a new RPG series, just give it another name. This is not Assassin's Creed. But nobody talks about it, which is why it's so, so weird to me. It keeps me, you know, just baffled. Like, why? And yet many people are giving it terrible reviews. Some people are giving it 10, 10 out of 10, simply because they think that it's very unfair for the game to have bad scores. Some people are giving it low scores because they have actually played the game, apparently. Which makes me think, when did it get leaked? So, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's a game I'm going to keep my eyes on. By the way, I did check on a few of these things. Uh, like, you know, when I talked about this expansion packs, one of them is going to be about Atlantis. People apparently know this. Atlantis, and you actually find Atlantis in the game, so I don't know why there's an expansion pack related to it. One of the other one is the first user of the uh, Hidden Blade, which was a Persian assassin who killed Daryush. Actually, I think the user was Daryush, and I think he killed Khashur Shah, I'm not sure. So, yeah, it probably was Daryush, and he probably kills Khashur Shah. You also, in the game, see Leonidas, before, before Iranians, just before you guys go crazy about why are we shown like 300 again, take, take it into consideration. This event did happen in reality. They did stop Persians with 300 people. However, they did lose anyway, but they did stop us. The movie 300 was a comic book inspired by these events, and those are exaggerated things. But however, the event did happen, so... Don't get triggered, guys. I mean, this did happen, and I'm pretty sure they're going to handle it well. It's not going to be as terrible as it might sound like. I mean, this is Ubisoft. They already had Prince of Persia as one of their um, franchises. I'm sure they're not that stupid to alienate a big portion of their fans. Anywho... That's where U.S. Assassin's Creed Odyssey has this terrible user score, but 
good critical score, which is weird. Then we have this new game, Astrobot. And it's weird for me to say this. This game has 89. 89 points. Holy shit. Why? <laughs> we have many places giving it 100. IGN Japan gave it 100. Uh, PlayStation Universe gave it 95. And so many good scores. So many. And the really... Wow. Really exciting thing is that this is a PSVR game. And I didn't expect the PSVR game, a platformer nevertheless, getting 89. Wow. And the user score is also high. So kudos to Sony and their PSVR department. Good job on making this game. This Astro, but I'm not sure who developed this game. I'm just going to check it in a second. But it looks like, you know, the same robots that you see when you play PlayStation Camera. So, let's see the developer. Developer is Japan Studio. Well, yeah, no wonder the game has a such high score. Anyways, this was your update for today on video games and movies. I'm very happy to see you guys here and keep supporting me, keep talking with me and listening. We are going to basically have this kind of episode every once in a while to talk about things that happen. Unless there's actually something really cool happening. In which case, I'll be talking to you even sooner. Anywho, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope to see you guys soon. Ciao.